Glad you're with us today on Community Matters, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. sharp on 95.3 WBCK and anytime thereafter at BattleCreekPodcast.com. Right, so if you've missed an episode or you want to go back and say, wait a minute, what did I hear? Just go to BattleCreekPodcast.com. The episodes are there and you are able to play them back on demand. It's all brought to you by Lakeview Ford Lincoln in downtown Battle Creek. I'm Richard Pyatt. Boy, we could not be more grateful, I suppose, for the technology that is 911. And all the work that went into that initially when we had landlines, remember those? And then uh, this whole sort of implementation of 911 with cell phones and so on. And uh, couple that with all the work that's been done in Calhoun County to create the Consolidated Dispatch Authority and so on. Interestingly, recently, some unusual developments surrounding 911 calls, a incidence of increased accidental 911 calls in Calhoun County. Here to talk about that, Michael Armitage, Executive Director at the Calhoun County Consolidated Dispatch Authority. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Richard. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Maybe you could start by talking about what an average day in the dispatch center looks like as it relates to 911 calls and then contrast it with what's been happening recently. Yeah. So on an average day in the 911 Consolidated Dispatch Authority here in Calhoun County, it averages out to be about 267 911 calls uh, that we answer every day. Hmm. Uh, you know, obviously 24 hours a day, our busiest period is usually uh, in the afternoon and early evening, but it's about 267 911 calls on average a day. And for us here in Calhoun County, we started to see an increase that we were noticing, especially on paper uh, in our reports over the last month or so. But it really started to peak over this last weekend when I actually had a supervisor reach out to me. Uh, and, and say that they can feel it in the room. It's so they're getting so many calls that are just people calling 911 that didn't mean to call 911 and 911 hangups. And, um, you know, at that point, asking what we can do as an agency to try to alleviate uh, some of these calls. Well, I can only imagine what that room is like when you have a, a set of professionals working who are answering those calls. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm cut out for it because my my heart rate goes up just talking about it. But hats off to those people who do. But right, if you could imagine being in that room and there's a there's a general tone with with an average of 267 a day, there's a general tone uh, of how that plays out. Uh, and I would imagine that if the numbers go up and there's some oddity about the incidence of calls that are coming in, it puts a, a a feeling in the room. Boy, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing to remember is we do everything in that room. It, it's when it comes to dispatching as well. So, you know, the people that are answering the phones are also on the radio talking to the police, dispatching police, the fire, uh, EMS services. So on top of the answering the call volume, they're multitasking. That's one of the yeah. beautiful skills that people have to have. It's an essential skill for anybody that's a dispatcher is to be able to multitask, to be able to answer these calls while still working on simultaneously, sometimes dispatching police, fire, or EMS. Mm -hmm. uh, so the work they do is absolutely incredible. And a lot of what they do too is pre-arrival instructions, being able to, uh, you know, for a medical call, 
it's, it's amazing to walk in the room and hear, but uh, they give CPR instructions over the phone. You know, oh, they walk my. people through doing CPR or the Heimlich or whatever pre-medical instructions are needed. They're all trained to do that until EMS arrives. So it's wow. really remarkable what happens in there. Well, thank them all on our behalf when you end this call. <laughs> the other day, for example, I pulled my phone out of my pocket and it was poised to do that emergency call. I had somehow compressed the button in my pocket. And you know how it is these days. The phones are set up so that you don't have to do a lot to be able to right. get 911. And that's by design, right? You, you need it to be somewhat simple. It's not like the landline days where you picked it up and dialed 911. This is a little different. Are these calls like that? Are you saying that these accidental calls are people who, like me, picked up the phone out of the pocket and it was ready to do it or was already doing it? Yeah, that's what we're finding. We're finding that a lot of these calls, a lot of people don't even know how it initiated. It just all of a sudden starts calling 911 or yeah. you know, gives that alert that it's calling 911. You know, the funny thing is, I think it was about a year ago, it happened to me. I was out mowing the lawn and I had my phone in my pocket and it must have been hitting against the side of my pocket as I'm walking and mowing. Yep. And all of a sudden I hear through my AirPods, uh, my phone's making a phone call and sure enough, 911 answers. So uh. it's it's easy for anybody to do. And, you know, there's a lot of new technologies out there and a lot of it is really good. Like we had an accident on I-94 about a month ago. And the only notification that we had about it came through a crash detection that came through a phone. Yeah. So there's a lot of really accurate technology when it comes to falls and when it comes to um, even watches being able to detect cardiac arrest situations or falls. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing here recently seems to be more the phone initiating this call, whether it be through a button sequence or some other, other sequence that creates that process uh, for the phone to go into emergency mode. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. I don't suppose when it happens to you, you just say, hi, it's me, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, it's a little bit more embarrassing. Yeah, but... <laughs> Well, uh, I get it. I don't mean to make light of it, but it it uh, it is interesting. It happens to the best of us, clearly. What do you take out of this, Michael? You say, well, uh, maybe it's a little too easy to push those buttons. or uh, And on top of that, what accounts for this sudden spike in early June? So we've been working with uh, the National Emergency Number Association, and they actually just released some information within the last two days uh, about this being a national trend. So we first started hearing about it from other 911 centers in Michigan. They were seeing this increase. Uh, you know, we started noticing it on our reports. But the National Emergency Number Association, they saw this trend apparently starting to happen over in Europe oh. and then now starting to roll out in the United States. And from the data that we've collected over the last week and also what they've been able to collect and other 911 centers have collected, it appears to be towards Android devices. So something with an update with Android devices oh my. caused this to happen. Yeah. They are working with Android. And the last update we got is that they're going to be pushing out an update now to Android phones in the U.S. to hopefully rectify it. They want to have it pushed out to all phones by mid-June. Well, good. That's coming right up. That's really incredible. They were able to do this kind of research to the extent to, that they could narrow it down to the type of phone that was involved. 
Yeah, and we don't have that information necessarily when somebody calls 911. So what we started doing here in Calhoun County to help with the process, every time we had a, a, somebody that stayed on the line at, after the phone accidentally called 911 or we're calling them back after a hang-up, we were asking them what kind of phone they had. And our data, it, it aligned very uh, clearly with the trends that the uh, National Emergency Number Association was seeing as well. Well, I don't have an Android phone, but as I just clearly told you, I can come pretty close to dialing you by accident myself. Yep. And uh, so do you say, hey, look, uh, maybe we need to re-examine the whole process. We want it to be easy, but not too easy. Right, exactly. It's finding that that sweet spot, right, where if somebody has an emergency, they could easily, on their phone, get a hold of 911. But not so easy that when you're doing everyday activities that your phone calls 911. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So here's something you said that we want to latch on to. When those accidental calls happen, you're asking folks to stay on the line. Yes, absolutely. We want people to stay on the line because we know accidents happen. You're not going to be in trouble. It helps us to be able to identify right away, okay, this is not an emergency. You don't need help. And then we can move on to the next call because if somebody hangs up, what happens is we still get notified. Even if you hang up before it starts ringing, we're still going to get notified that somebody tried to call 911. Uh, so we're going to need to try to make contact with you, either call you back, text you. You know, a lot of times the, the, the sequence of events is we call somebody back and a majority of the time people don't answer. And then we send them a text message. We get a better response from that. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, we're putting a lot of effort into trying to verify it's not an emergency whether where if you stay on the line, just simply be able to tell us you're okay. We will ask a couple questions just to try to verify that you're speaking freely and you know we can move on to the next call. So yeah, it's really imperative for us that you know, in some cases, if we can't get a hold of anybody, we're then having to send police officers out and, you know, a lot of times with cell phones, we don't have a good location. So they're canvassing, you know, a neighborhood uh, based on a call that we don't know if there's distress or not. That was the whole point years ago, at least uh, behind being judicious about making that call. If you accidentally called 911, you were led to believe not to waste that resource. Hang up. Don't tie up resources for a legitimate 911 call. So staying on the line, uh, I guess, works a little counter to that thinking. But with the preponderance of cell phones and the ease with which that call is made, there's almost no way around it. If you're not sure, you've got to expend the resources. Right. And now with with cell phones, you know, it's different because of landlines. We knew where that landline was. Yeah. You know, if we had to, we could send a police officer to that house, make sure everything's okay. Um, you know, landlines are just a completely. That's what nine hundred one was built for. Nine hundred one technology was built around landlines, and it's evolved now to take in other technologies through next gen nine hundred one. But it really, it really changed the game. You know, we we just still don't have consistent, reliable locations when it comes to cell phone uh, calls. So. Like I said, you know, if if there's somebody possibly in distress, we're having to look, you know, maybe over several blocks instead of being able to know that call came from that address. Yeah, it's interesting because you know you watch Dateline or 2020, one of those, you, you find out that investigations happen based on very often what tower cell phones ping on, but that's not an address, right? You, right? <laughs> it's totally different. 
Yeah, absolutely. Stay on the line, have That's, that conversation with the dispatcher, and they're going to follow through on that, whether it's accidental or not. That's the biggest piece of advice, you know, and again, even even if that devo- device hasn't started ringing yet, still stay on the line because it's still going to show up on our end. Well, in my case, I hadn't completed that call, but I was right yep. there and yep. uh, quickly, whoa, I got to shut this off somehow. And that's the natural response, isn't it? Oh, wait, I got to hang up. Yep. And, and a lot of these phones do give you a countdown. As long as you end it within that countdown, it's fine. But as soon as it goes, switches over to that mode where it's starting to place that call, that's where oh, basically we're going to get notified. So if you can uh-huh. stop it before it goes and makes that call, then yeah, absolutely do so. What's the future here, Michael? We talk about just what you said. We all are on cell phones now. It's an imperfect technology when it comes to uh, understanding the location like it did with landlines. Where are we headed? Are we improving that technology, you think? You know, location accuracy on cell phones is getting better, uh, you know, over, especially over the last five years. Uh, lots of technology has come out to help that process uh, along. So, you know, we're seeing a, a lot of strides there. Another thing, text to 911, that's been rolled out through most of the state of Michigan now. So mm. if you're almost anywhere in Michigan, you can text 911. Uh, if you can't make a call, uh, we say call if you can, text if you can't. It's a great resource uh, for people in situations that just can't make that phone call. But, you know, moving forward, the 911 industry, it's really exciting. You know, we're seeing the beginnings at a national level of some AI improvements where you'll have technology that actually monitors a phone call, uh, especially on medical calls and can detect, you know, maybe things that we don't when it comes to maybe breathing patterns or, or other medical clues that a person might miss. Wow. Uh, So being able to alert the dispatcher, Hey, you might want to check, you know, check breathing or, or things of that nature. So the other piece is how are we going to connect all these data points? We have so much data out there. I'm excited to look to the future as, you know, somebody's fire alarms connected to their, their smart home. And we can start to get multiple data sources to be able to say, hey, this might be a legitimate fire at this house by being able to put all those sensors and all that data that's out there together and being able to analyze it. So I think there's just so much data out there. We just can't right now process. Mm-hmm. And I think in the future, there's so many opportunities to do good by using those data points and being able to digest it in a way that dispatchers can take action on it. And that's yeah. exciting to me. You know, that that's probably far future out there, but uh, I, I think that's the direction that we're going. And we've even seen some of it across the country with things like, you know, gunshot detections and things like that, that type of technology, I think is really going to be able to enhance emergency response in the future. Well, it sure is a a line we straddle, right? With our feelings, at least the idea that something like AI and, and this technology has the potential to scare you a little bit in the sense that it right. uh, feels a little big brothery or something. But on the other hand, Boy, if you can detect a fire in a building before the resident even knows and you're responding faster, that's a win, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we're seeing a lot of technology too with um, you know, I mentioned shot detectors, but even with cameras being able to detect guns. So being able to deploy that technology, especially in in vital areas, you know, to be able to see, hey, somebody has a gun maybe even before they fire a shot. Wow. That's the type of technology that 
I think really has good potential to, to be able to save lives. Well, appreciate this uh, update for sure. And uh, should we just feel good that uh, our Android update here in mid-June will help curb your uh, accidental calls and we'll be back to normal? Is that your feeling? That's what we're optimistic for. Uh, you know, we're hoping, uh, you know, that can't come fast enough for our dispatchers, for sure. Especially, you know, this time of year, the weather's been nice. So that naturally uh, increases our call volume, people out and about. So um, just to add this on top of it, this time of year is, is a big stressor. So we hope that we can get back to normal operations soon. You know, it occurs to me that having said that, this whole Android thing might alarm someone listening who has an Android and they say, what? what's wrong with my phone? I don't know if they were technical with you about exactly what's different about it. Did the update that the Android users deployed more recently somehow make these calls easier to do? That I don't know. They did not get into, at least with me, uh, or with the press release uh, in specifics as to what had caused this to happen. Yeah. Um, it was more that they were pushing out a, an update to correct it. Well, it's a good thing we can do that that way. <laughs> yes. For sure. We don't have to all go trade in our phones. That's uh, the good <laughs> news, I guess. Well, appreciate this thought. And, and Michael, certainly uh, anytime you have updates you want to impart, let us know. And it'll be interesting to see if things calm down for you in this area after this update is deployed. So we'll be anxious to know that. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate your help in uh, getting the word out, too. Yeah, thank you. Michael Armitrich, Executive Director, Calhoun County Consolidated Dispatch Authority on Community Matters.